Amen. Well, it's great to be together here and have uh, church part two. And uh, we love uh, being together. We get an intimate fellowship today. And we've been excited if you're just here uh, joining us. We've been going through the book of Galatians and kind of continuing the theme of grace that we've been talking about for the last few months. And uh, the title is called A New Creation. And uh, we're going to watch a short uh, video here kind of introducing uh, chapters three and four uh, again from the Bible project. We saw the first one a couple weeks ago. Uh, before we do, I want a, a quick announcement here. I wanted to let you know that this kind of happens uh, quickly here, but uh, Cliff Weeks is actually uh, going to be starting a training in Augusta, Georgia tomorrow. And uh, he got a, a sudden kind of job change opportunity, so he's going to be going out there. Uh, I know he's been a part of the church for ever, 20 years or so, so I wanted to just let you know that he's not, he's going to be coming back in a couple weeks and we're going to be able to have a proper uh, goodbye and everything for him. But it is kind of weird just even saying this uh, at church because he's been such a part of the church here and uh, he apologizes for the quick nature of everything. And he is going to be closer to his oldest daughter, Shania, which is going to be about an hour away from him. Uh, so I just wanted to let you know uh, that. And now we'll get to see the intro to Galatians 2, 3 and 4. This profound understanding of what Jesus accomplished, it has huge implications for who can now be included in God's covenant family and for what it means to live as a member of that family. So Paul first turns to the stories about Abraham in Genesis, how he was justified or declared righteous before God by simply having faith, by trusting in God's promise that one day all nations would find God's blessing through him and his offspring. God's purpose was always to have one large multi-ethnic family of people who relate to him on the basis of faith, not on the laws of the Torah. But that raises an important question. Why did God give the laws of the Torah to Israel then? Here Paul offers a very brief and dense explanation that he will later fill out in his letter to the Romans. He observes that the laws of the Torah were given to Israel at Mount Sinai long after God's promise to Abraham. And if you read the Torah carefully, he says, you'll see that God always intended the laws to be a temporary measure. He says the laws had both a negative and a positive role. Negatively, the laws acted like a magnifying glass on Israel's sin. They exposed how Israel shared in the sinful human condition, constantly rebelling against God's law. And so the law, which is good, ended up pronouncing Israel guilty and all humanity with them. Or in his words, the laws imprisoned everyone under the power of sin. But the laws also had a positive role. They acted like a strict school teacher that kept Israel in line until the coming of the promised offspring of Abraham, the Messiah. And once the Messiah came, he fulfilled the purpose of the laws on Israel's behalf. Jesus was the faithful Israelite who truly loved God and neighbor. And as Israel's king, he died to take the curse and consequence of Israel's failure into himself and bring redemption. And so now through Jesus, the offspring of Abraham, God's blessing can come to all people, regardless of their ethnicity, social status or gender. 
For Paul, requiring Torah observance from non-Jewish Christians, it makes no sense. It's acting as if Jesus didn't fulfill God's promise or deal with our sins. It neglects the new freedom gained for us through Jesus and the gift of the Spirit, and it limits God's promise and blessing to one ethnic family. Amen. Here we go. Uh, But it is, uh, I don't know if we have any strict school teachers among us, but we might, you might have been mentioned there in the video. Uh, but, t- t- uh, but the title today is called With Christ. And it's amazing in the book that he's warning people to stay with Christ. That they've experienced the blessings of Christ, that they've come to be with Christ, and now they're thinking about going back to their old lives, to their old religious life, to their old world life in the world. And today... Uh, Part of what we're going to do is to remind you as Christians what you have in Christ and how when we truly understand that, there's no way that we would want to go back or we would want to live any other way. So let's pray and we will get started. Uh, Father, I do thank you for this time to be together. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that through his blood that we get to be in him and with him. God, I pray that today that you will highlight that, that you will help us to appreciate what we have in you, that you will convict and inspire and encourage us through your word. Uh, Help us through these next few minutes to really focus on you and and, and hear your voice. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Starting in Galatians chapter 3, it's Galatians 4 today, but we're going to dip into Galatians 3 just a bit. It says, before the coming of faith, we were held in custody under the law. Locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So this law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. It's my favorite part. For all all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ. And one of the most amazing things about the service yesterday was we got to see a video that had churches all around the world singing the same song, spiritual song. And you could see it in Africa, and you could see it in Asia, and you could see it in, in Honolulu, in Hawaii, and in, in South, South America. And just to realize that we have brothers and sisters around the world that share the same faith, that we're all in Christ together, even in that same way that they could sing the same exact song in different languages and in different ways. My point number one is clothed with Christ. That we've been clothed with Christ. In, In verse 26 and 7, it says that all of you who are baptized in Christ were clothed with Christ. That there's no more male, there's no more female. There's no more slave, there's no more free, there's no more Jew, there's no more Gentile. That these were huge distinctions in the first century. That if you were one or the other, it would be extremely different. If you were a Jew, you'd be good. And if you were a Gentile, you're, you're, you're not good. You know, if you're a slave, you have no rights. And if you're free, you have rights. If you're a male and female, there was so different. In heaven, there's none of those. We're all in Christ. We're all the same. We're all equal. We're all... Loved by God. You know, all of you who have been clothed with Christ have literally put on Jesus 
That when God looks at you, he doesn't see your shortcomings. He doesn't see your, your sins. He doesn't see your mistakes. He doesn't see whether you're, you look this way or that way. He just sees Jesus. He sees his son. He sees his beloved son. And right there is enough to inspire us, to help us to feel that we are something when we are in Christ, that we're created by God. And when we're clothed with him, we're living out his purpose for our lives. You know, this week, just to share some good news with you from uh, Cairo, this girl, Selena Tyros, uh, was baptized. And it was so cool because when we were there, we got to sit with her parents and they were two of the... They were one of the couples that had left the church for a while and then come back and now are one of the four couples that are leading the church. And they were just sharing their their story and their daughter's struggle and just how she was wrestling with God and she had some health challenges. And we got to share some about Chloe in the past couple of years. And, at you know, there were tears and he just felt like, wow, we're all in the same thing together. We all so much want our family to know Jesus. And when I when we got the 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 message this week, we were in tears because we know how special that was to them. And to know that each of us who have put on Christ have gone through the same journey. We share the same fate and the same blessing that she has. We're going to share a little bit more about this family uh, this fall when we talk about the Middle East. But clothed with Christ. Sometimes we try to put... We try to get clothed with other things. We don't want to just put Christ on. We want to put our, our status on. We want to wear our job as this is who we are. I'm a teacher. I'm a, I'm a this. I'm a that. We want to put our, our, our bank account on. I'm, I'm well off. I drive this kind of car. I drive that. We can get our security from so many different things. And isn't that what was going on in Jerusalem? They were getting their security from their old lives, from their old things, from Not to mention that they didn't want to be persecuted. But I pray that today that we're secure in being clothed with Christ. That's all I need to be, is a child of Christ. I don't need to have anything else. And I'm good. And I'm great. Point number two, heirs with Christ. In in chapter 3, verse 29. He says, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What I'm saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship, because you are his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God also made you an heir. That in so many words, he's saying that, why would you want to go back to slavery? Why would you want to go back to being bondage to sin? Why would you want to go back and put those chains back on? Wouldn't you rather be called a son or a daughter of God? 
Wouldn't you rather be an heir with Christ than being a slave to sin? Being a slave to religion. Being a slave to comfort. All the things that can pull on us and make us feel like, well, maybe it is better. Maybe that was easier. Maybe life before I was a Christian, maybe it was an easier life. And they were struggling with that. And I love that idea that we can be a a son or daughter of God, that we can be an heir with Christ. You know, it's an amazing promise if you go back and look at the promise that he's talking about made to Abraham. It's one of my favorite studies in the, in the Bible because it connects the entire Bible together. I don't know if you can see this. But if you go back and read Genesis 12 and 15 and the promises that God makes to Abraham and extends them to Isaac and Jacob and the tribes of Israel... And then 1 Kings 2, when he continues the same promise through David, and then in Hebrews 6, where he continues the same promise to us. You know, he says to Abraham that he will have descendants as countless as the stars in the sky. And then he fulfills it with amazing miracles to the 12 tribes of Israel. That they have, they come out of Egypt with 2 million people. That God blessed him when he was as good as dead to two million people plus. And that's, that promise is fulfilled to us today in God's family in the church. That everyone who is his descendants, Abraham's descendants spiritually, have fulfilled this promise today. He promised that you, he'll receive the promised land. And he says, walk around it, check it out, look how amazing it is. You're gonna come, your, your descendants are gonna get this. And we read about Joshua conquering the promised land and, and getting the hill country and everywhere for, for, for the people of Israel. And the promise for us is the true promised land of heaven. The whole point of the promised land of the Old Testament was not to end up there, that that was not the ultimate goal. That was just a, a physical representation of what we really want, which is to get to heaven. He promises Abraham that he'll bless him. And through David's kingdom, they, they, they achieve wealth and land and triumph and, and respect from all the nations. But the ultimate blessing from God was won by Christ, eternal life on the cross. You know, I don't know if you've ever thought of what it would be like to be an heir. God has given us amazing blessings. In this life and in the next. He's given us our life, our health, our families. He's given us his spirit. He's given us strength. He's given us family. He's given us purpose. He's given us direction. He's given us a guide. He's helped us out. We have everything, as the word says, everything we ever needed in his promises. But have you ever thought for a minute about what it means to be an heir of Christ? Good question. You think when Jesus went to heaven that it was pretty good? You think he enjoyed that? You think he enjoyed receiving the goal of his faith? Going into heaven, sitting at the right hand of God, 
having the celebration and knowing that he provided a way for all of us. And yet the promise is that we are heirs with Christ. So the same inheritance that he received, minus sitting at the right hand of God, is ours. You think Jesus was like, oh, that that cross was really difficult. I'm so bummed that I went through that, those, that my life of suffering in those years. I mean, no way. No way. What about if I told you? If you work the worst job in, if you work a job that you absolutely hate for 20 years, and when you're done, I'll give you $50 million. (laughs) Would you do it? Say you're 18 years old. Okay, now all you got to do is dig ditch, dig a ditch every day of your 40 hours a week until you're 38, and then I'll give you $50 million. Would you do it? I would drop out of Harvard to do that one. <laughs> you know, would you, would you pick up garbage? Yeah, I'd do that. You know, would you clean bathrooms? Yep, I would do that. And the whole time, if anybody made fun of me of cleaning my toilets, I'd be like, well, talk to me in 20 years. <laughs> right? I mean, there's something about that that gives you motivation because you know that something greater is coming, something greater than you can imagine. And yet God has made us heirs with Christ. You think you can make it through this life knowing that you have so much more value on the other side? Whatever it is. I mean, if we have to crawl through glass for 80 years, it will be well worth it, but we don't have to do that. God gives us so many blessings in this life And then we get an inheritance. He gives us all those blessings. Even when we're going through hard times, we have God with us. And he's filling us up. And he's lifting us up. And he's doing miracles every day around us. And then we get to go to heaven and have this amazing blessing. But so often we don't live like we're heirs. We're not proud of whatever we're doing. We're not excited about it because we're we're forgetting what we're going to get. We're forgetting the inheritance that is coming in the end. And we're also missing the blessings that are right there now. You know, I had a bit of an insight into this uh, this weekend. It was kind of interesting. We went to the Dirk Bentley concert on Friday night. Some of you who like country music will know who that is. Other people, he's pretty big in country music. And then we went to the L.A. 30th anniversary on Sunday, I mean, yesterday. And it was just amazing that at the one concert, this guy was at the center of it, and everybody was so excited to be around him. And there was a time when uh, he went from the main stage. See, we were kind of like halfway up in the back where most normal people sit. <laughs> and uh, halfway through, he walked all the way around and he came right to the front. And I got about from me to Jake to him. And we're sitting right here. And he, he sang like two or three songs. And we're just like so fired up. And everybody's just packing in here. And then Kelsey Ballerini came up and sang with them right there. We're like videoing the whole thing. And it was just incredible. And we're leaving there. And all we could talk about was can you believe we were so close to him? That was amazing. 
Like, don't send that to Chloe because she'll struggle that she wasn't with us, you know. You know, I got the, he came out and you know, this wasn't the auditorium, but I mean, just during the thing, I was just thinking, wow, this would be just so cool that you have like 30,000 people just cheering and you tell them to cheer over here and they do it. You tell them to cheer over there and you do it and you do the wave like this and they actually do it. And it's just like, wow. And he's, he was saying, this is where I'm alive. And I'm like, yeah, I, I would be alive doing that too. I mean, 30,000 encouragements coming down on you all at once. I mean, that's not a bad gig. But I thought, I thought about, imagine the opening act in heaven with Asaph and the singers coming out and followed by David and followed by Jesus and all the angels. Said, man, that's the concert I want to be at. That's going to blow away anything that we can even imagine. And at the end of it, I'm going to be able to say, and Jesus was right there. I was right there. We get to celebrate our true hero in the faith. But then I also thought, thought more about it. I don't know why I thought about this so much, but I just kept thinking about it. Like, man, that was so cool. And imagine when your name is announced in heaven. And all the angels rejoice. And all the heroes of faith rejoice. And you're, you're that person on the stage with thousands and thousands of angels in joyful assembly. And, you know, in heaven, we have all, there's no time limit, so that could last for a long time. <laughs> it's not just like you read through the names in your class, you know, it's just like boom, 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 boom. No. I mean, it could be like a while. And imagine that feeling of like, wow, I made it. And all the words in the Bible just fill your head and you understand everything. And it all makes sense. And you forget everything that you struggled with. You don't even know what it was. You forget all the hardships and all the difficulties. And you're just there. You're just like, wow, I can't believe I made it. That's what it means to be an heir with Christ. Except when he was on earth, he had that picture already. We, we're kind of just waiting for that, and he, he already had that. Imagine how we would live if we actually had that picture in our mind now. Or if we could be like that guy that Paul said that went up to the third heaven and came back. I mean, imagine just one little glimpse. It will take all our problems away, all our struggles, all our doubts. And that's exactly what Paul was wanting to do. Don't go back. Go forward with Christ. You know, next Sunday we have an amazing opportunity to show appreciation and, and be able to help people understand what it means to be an heir with Christ. You know, to bring our friends out, our, our heroes, our first responders, our moms, teachers, friends, to, to go to meal afterwards, to enjoy the time. We're going to have some it's going to be an amazing service. 
going to have personal sharing. Kayla is going to be sharing about her trip to China and her desire to step out on faith and do something great for God. And, you know, it's going to be an amazing time, but let's not waste this time. Because if you think about the different errors that we have in this life, they take life for granted, don't they? They have millions of dollars. They do incredible things, and they're still not happy. It's, it's still not enough. You know, let's, they're just, because why? Because they're just like, man, I'm good. My life is good. My bank account's good. My Facebook following's good. Because they don't want to give it. We can be that way. We're heirs of Christ, and we just spent so much time enjoying it to us, keeping it to ourselves. But when we give it away, we don't lose it. It's free. It's open to all. And I pray that even this week that we're reminded that we take up our purpose to help others. Not just this week, but just that our lives show that gratitude. That we are heirs, but we don't want to keep it to ourselves. Point number three, formed with Christ. Formed with Christ. In Galatians 4, 19 and 20, he says, My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you, how I wish I could be with you now and change my tone, because I am perplexed about you. He says, I am in the pains of childbirth. You just feel like Paul is just struggling for these people that, He loves and cares about, but they're not getting it. Isn't that how we feel towards people we love and care about, and they're just not getting it? They're struggling. They don't understand. They're missing the blessings, whether they're in Christ or not in Christ yet. They're they're just not there, and we can feel that way. You know, it gives me the picture of Paul as the father of the church, trying to help Christ be formed in the church. You know, as as us, some of us that are parents, we know that that struggle when our kids are not where we want them to be. Right. You ever have a day that you don't think about your kids as a parent? Anybody? You ever have a day you don't think about your kids? No, we we want the best for them. We have plans for them. We have dreams for them. We try to. Sometimes we're trying to make it happen for them and we're trying to set up situations and people and trying to make it all just happen. Because that's our passion, that's our desire, and that's how God is working on us. There's not one day that goes by that he doesn't think about you. There's not one day he doesn't go by, he's not thinking about what he wants for your life and all that he wants us to experience and all the love and forgiveness and help and encouragement and purpose until Christ is formed in you that we heard that yesterday from part of the sermon that's the goal of the church is to make Christ formed in the church that when people come around the body of Christ that they see Jesus not in me not in you but in all of us together and Paul was perplexed he was he didn't know what to do or say he was frustrated And sometimes in love, we don't know what to do or say. We're frustrated. We're praying to God to just do something. 
And that sounds like about where Paul was. I don't know what God is using in your life, but I do know this, that for every single one in here, he is trying to form Christ in us. He is putting situations, he's putting challenges, he's putting blessings, encouragements, he's doing everything he can. Visions, he's giving you his word, he's trying to get you, direct you to read certain things at certain times to pray. Pray more, pray harder, pray and surrender our lives because he wants that so much for us. And the more that Christ is in us, the happier we are. The more that Christ is in us, the more at peace we are. The more loving we are, the more passionate we are for our mission, the more sacrificial as the world is just getting taken out of us. But when truly is Christ formed in you? No. Christ isn't formed in us fully until we're up there. That that was Paul's Love and, and, and desire for the church is that it's, it's, a, it's a prayer, it's a struggle, it's a, it's a dream that Christ will be formed in you. You know, sometimes, I don't know about you, but I can get so caught up in all that Christ is forming in me that I forget all that Christ is forming in you. You know, we, we're, we're going through different things. You know, our staff's going through different things. Challenges these past few months and we're getting ready to have a bunch of talks this week and I can start thinking, oh, wow, it's all, you know, all that I'm going through. I'm like, wow, we're all going through this. Christ is being formed in all of us. So pray for those. You know, sometimes you get news about your extended family. That causes you struggle and worry and doubt and. Fear and Christ is being formed in us, even through those things that we can't control. I pray that we don't just think about Christ being formed in me, in you, but Christ being formed in us. It's in your family. Christ is trying to form everyone in your family to be like Christ, not just you. And actually, we're all a part of that. In each other, especially in our family, we're a part of helping others become like Christ. God uses imperfect people in his perfect plan. In your family group, God is molding each person to be more like Christ. And in our church and in people that we come in contact with. I pray that we will embrace that. Love hurts sometimes. As we're trying to help Christ come about in ourselves and in what people we care about. As we take our communion, let's think about the blessings of that, what it means to be clothed with Christ. And if you're not clothed with Christ yet, that you can find out, how can I get this blessing? How can I get Jesus to be seen in me? That you'll think about being heirs of Christ. The amazing blessings that God has, not just in this life, but in the life to come. That makes this life bearable.
And then you'll be thinking about how is God forming Christ in me? What are the situations that he's put me in right now that he's either allowed or he's caused? With the main goal of us becoming like Christ. In Hebrews 12, when Jesus went to the cross, it says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That he realized the joy set before him, which was us and which was the inheritance that was promised to all of us and to him as well. That he had finished the race. And I pray that we can have that same conviction and and heart. Let's pray as we take our communion. Father, we thank you so much for this time to be together. Thank you for just how you are forming Jesus in all of us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for how you overlook uh, ourself and our sin. God, I thank you that you have made us heirs with Christ, that we can appreciate the blessings that you have poured out on us and you continue to promise us in the future. Help us to never uh, give up on being with Christ, that a good day is the day that we remain in you. God, thank you for this time to remember your son and and the blood and the body that he uh, spilt and shared for us. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.